Hello you. You join me on a, a, a log. It's a nice big lump of tree, or what was a tree. And I'm sat on the crest of a hill. To my right is a vineyard. Yes, I'm still in France. And I'm looking down over a valley with a few trees. And in the background are some forests in the distance. And I'm next to a ploughed field with the dog in between my legs who's growing restless. Last time I was here, or maybe 50 yards away, uh, it was in summer and I was sat in this more or less this spot with this view and I recorded an episode called, and if I get this right, it's what the world needs more of or maybe what the world is missing or something. I think it's what the world needs more of. And in it, I just gave this long diatribe of what, uh, how uh, we're missing human connection, humans kind of finding a way to relate to one another in a respectful way where emotions are involved when you exchange what it's like being me what it's like being you and what's happening between us and feelings and thoughts and all this kind of stuff and and if we had more of that i wondered whether the world would be a different place and the world is a very different place when I, since when i last recorded that message and i stand by it even more that the world needs more connection and better communication between people uh, because some terrible things are happening in the world right now as i'm sure you're aware of but that's not what this episode is about um, this episode is a little bit about digging into what that actually means because I think it's just I just get nervous about using bullshit words and it feels like connection. It just feels like such a bullshit word. On the on the, it can sound hippie. It sounds like uh, yeah, corporate buzzword bingo. It just sounds like a what could it mean? So it's kind of like a not a definition of what the word means, but it's more like an experiential definition of what that word means and why it is i'm so interested in it and maybe why it is that us humans are so interested in getting connection and why what happens when we why we're lacking it um what it's like to lack connection so um i was having a conversation with someone a voice note exchange about tenderness and about how group experiences can be tender where people um show reveal the tender stuff. I mean, I think um, Brené Brown's co-opted a lot of this stuff into her work with vulnerability. Like being vulnerable is a way to um, to find connection with other people. It's a way to um, share your kind of soft, tender underbelly, the things that make that you're scared of, the things that you think people are going to use against you, the things that you think people will make you weak in front of other people. Basically, just being a human, having a human experience, and having feelings, and being scared, and you know, really showing what it is to be you, um, that stuff. So yeah, tenderness. It got, I got thinking about tenderness and what is it about tenderness that I'm particularly interested in. So I'm thinking about doing, I'm not thinking about, I've committed to do some workshops next year called Authentic Improvisation where I take improvisers and we play with authentic relating games and techniques. This um, sort of, the, there are five practices to it about relating more deeply and you play these little short games that get you in the the tender space a bit more easily and it's like what it's like being me this is what it's like being you and then we have this shared experience of being us together and what's that like that's authentic relating and i will be bringing that into the improv um side of things to see what effect relating having closer relation closer connection has as you improvise and what it is to be tender. Now, I've had experiences where I've done improv and 
something has happened between my character and the other person's character. We're acting out a little scene. We've been told where we are. We've kind of established who we are, what we're doing and why we're doing it. And when all that, the, the, the where, the what and the why is established, like all the uncertainty melts away because we know who we are now in this moment. Okay, we can now begin to explore our relationship, what's going on between us. And that's where it gets really interesting in improv because suddenly we become invested in this because we're really, when we watch performance, what we're really interested in is the tension between the people, you know, the differences, the, the commonalities between people, what it's like being them. And as you're watching these people having an experience, what it's like being me watching them. And you can relate if someone's in a difficult position and someone's having an um uh, a conversation with someone else you can kind of put yourself in their shoes and empathy starts to come in and you start to do um what do they call it is it neurocoupling where you watch someone else having an experience and then it becomes integrated into your own experience you are moved by it and this is what theater does this is what art does it moves you to the point where you can feel what it's like to have a similar human experience as the person who created the art or who is creating the art and i've been in those moments of my character is having a relationship with your character and there are moments where it feels really edgy and tender and what has happened is uh, for example oh i should be this alive shouldn't i've gone all abstract i was doing a simple scene in improv we call it flatmates doing nothing where it's two or three people in a room and they're flatmates and nothing much is happening and it's just all about the relationship between the two people and I did a scene with a guy, Alberto, from my improv group in Leeds, the Leeds collab. And he was mithering me about cleaning up the flats. You know, kind of fairly typical conversation. And you could see where it was going. And I was just resisting this and just being obstinate. And, oh, God, you always want to clean up. Like, that kind of tension. And then there was a moment where it shifted. And he'd done something like he started to get forceful in the way the furniture was arranged and I started to move the furniture out of his arrangement. You could tell this was getting tense. And I just looked at him and I just said, what's this really all about? Come on. This isn't about cleaning. This isn't about chairs. And at that moment, everything shifted and it became tender. He was thinking about ending the friendship. He was thinking about keeping moving out the house I was worried about having sabotaged the relationship with my cleanliness and my... Uh, so he, he was sabotaging the relationship with his cleanliness and I was sabotaging it with my kind of constant resistance and judgment and, and petty kind of non-interest in his, um, his obsession with cleanliness and the belittling of him and this kind of thing. And, and it became significant and it became tender. It was like, oh, right, this is about two humans now. And afterwards, like, we reflected on how the scene was dramatic and how it was, you know, affecting both of us. And we both looked at each other and like, that wasn't about the characters, was it? That was about us reliving an experience that we've had in the past. And for me, I can't speak to his experience, but my experience was I've been the guy who's been too tidy. I've been the guy who's trying to be passive-aggressive and get their flatmate to clean things up. And I'm the one who's fed up of being the adult in the situation and having to take care of the bills and the cleaning and the organization and the other person not carrying their weight like that's really raw stuff for me and it's um manifested in all kinds of relationships that i've had in the past and that felt significant and that felt tender to be on the other end of that like to be like giving him what i wanted someone else to do which is for someone to say look 
What's really bothering you? What's really going on here? What's this really about? My dog's growling at something in the background. I don't know what this is about. Um, so I was coming at it from a different point of view. I was bringing empathy, the empathy that I'd never had in those situations where I was being overly kind of fastidious and perfectionist and nitpicking and all this kind of stuff. Um, come on, boy. What do you want? What do you want? What have you spotted? You okay? He's okay. My dog's just grumbling at something in the distance. And the moment was tender because it meant something to me. And it obviously meant something to him. Maybe he's been on the receiving end. Maybe he's been the guy who's been the kind of the, the one who didn't, who doesn't like being pestered and doesn't like being fussed over and doesn't like being told what to do. So we were bringing this kind of funny kind of sort of empathy going on. And we found resolution in the scene later on. It was like, I'd apologise. And I said that I didn't want him to leave. And we had to find broker a new arranged living arrangement where we both kind of took our fair share. And we found a sort of a happy space, like saying that I didn't want the friend, the relationship to to fall apart because of this and all this. And it felt really tender. And you could see by the people watching it that this scene had more emotional gravity than your average kind of improv scene, which are all right. They're kind of fast and the furious. They kind of throw away disposable improv scenes where everything's just like, oh, that was funny, you know, bit of, t- bit of silliness and a bit of kind of, you know, clowning and this stuff. And that's welcome, you know, comic relief and stuff. But having that tenderness was what made it different and it's what made the stakes different and it's why this scene has stuck with me and I bet if you think of scenes and things that have stuck with you that you've enjoyed in the past I imagine there will have been some tenderness in that for you and that's what I'm interested in exploring I'm interested in getting to the tenderness of behind connection and it might sound a little bit icky and this is why we avoid these situations we avoid conversations with any real emotional exposure because it means you have to do the vulnerable thing it means you are giving the other person potentially ammunition to use against you it means you're revealing your inner workings and it also can be um some people can hear it as an invitation to conflict as well when you are tender and you revealing some uncomfortable feelings that have been triggered by the other person that is like argument territory the other person can then come at you you know they can lock up and come charging at you with anger or you know accusation and blame and they can meet you with their pain and you just get in this horrible state of you're both just dumping trauma on each other and we're all just hurting inside because that's what the tenderness is it's revealing that we are all kind of struggling with what it's like being human And I think the way to navigate through that stuff is to meet tenderness with tenderness. And that's what I'm longing for in improv. And that's why I'm curious to explore this through the connection, through the safety. It's like if you read the the Authentic Improv webpage I've written, it's all about um, my curiosity to explore how we can feel safe, so physically safe where we are. And then how that can we can then relate to one another using the principles of authentic relating. And when we get that connection between us going, what kind of tenderness that invites into the room. And also my personal curiosity is how I can hold that and encourage that and make people f- facilitate that, make it easy for people to bring the tenderness into the improv scenes so that we get that kind of, oh, okay, so this there's something going on here. This is this character having this relationship with this character and this is us bringing our our humanness, our truth. Um, Maria Peters, whose retreat I did earlier this year, talks about wearing a thin veil. So when we come into the scene, we are a character, but 
behind the character, very thin, thinly behind the veil, is, is a human being also having a real experience bringing themselves into the scene. And it feels so rewarding and cathartic to deal with this thing um, out loud in front of people if you're feeling safe and you consent to it and we're all okay with it and we can kind of process it. It's almost like theatre is therapy, I guess you could say, which is not where I want to go with this. I don't want to create a therapy session. I just want to create a place where people can feel like it's okay to be human and it's okay to be frailed and it's all frail and it's okay to be flawed and it's okay to not know what you're doing and it's okay to panic and it's okay to be scared and it's also okay to to just not know and to be human which is happens to us all day every day but I think 99% of the time we just hide it and we keep it inside and we don't reveal it because we don't want anyone to know that we're struggling and we can okay and if we can just air a little bit of that struggle in the safety of the improv lab which is what i'd like to create like an experiment a laboratory where we all go all right we're all safe here we're friends we've got a language we've got a kind of framework to navigate this stuff let's see if our nervous systems permit us to go into the tender stuff and let's see what happens once it's out there reflect on what that was like to experience it and hopefully realizing that it isn't uh, met with anger and it isn't met with recrimination and reprisal and blame and all the other things that we fear will happen if we reveal our tenderness that it's okay to be human with other people outside of the improv lab you know I'd like to I'd really like to with my workshop next year empower people with these with these frameworks with these techniques that I use that work for me like in um, authentic relating that they can use them in day-to-day -day life so that their relationships with their partners and their friends and their colleagues and their bosses and their children and their lovers and all these other relationships we have in life, that things get a little better because we feel it's okay to be honest and be tender with each other because of what they discover in my improv experiment, my authentic improv workshop next year. My dog's come back and he's stood on the log next to me and he's got his little paws on my, my leg and he's... Keeping me safe, which I'm grateful for, um, from all the um, menacing beasts around me, like there's a robin on a tree trunk over there. That was quite menacing, doesn't it, Laurie? Yeah. All right, well, um, that's uh, some collected thoughts there on tenderness uh, and props to Vic Sanderton, who introduced that word into conversation on the voice note recently. Check her out. She's a coach and friend, and I'm going to be doing her... Hopefully be doing her facilitation um, mentoring program next year where she is helping us develop uh, as facilitators in creating spaces where people can be authentic and vulnerable and tender, which is what I'm very interested in. And help with that satiate my hunger for connection. It is a hunger, like there is a hole inside me. After living many years, I think, of having relationships, having friendships, but feeling like there's just a kind of... There's a barrier to how deep we can go in day-to-day chit-chat with people. There's a barrier to how deep we can go with people. And that can lead to a kind of disillusion and disenfranchisement, disenfranchisement, disenfranchisement from a, a certainly a distancing from our fellow humans around us. We wear armour that we hide behind and that can feel really lonely. And I think that happens increasingly as you reach uh, the point I have in life, midlife now, where people are very much immersed in their careers and their marriages and their relationships and their, their children and day-to-day -day life and their careers which is all fair enough but it's all just getting in the way of 
that thing that we could all do well uh, with a little bit more of in our life, which is that that connection and tenderness. Right, I'm going circular now. I'm going to sign out. I've got 15 minutes out of this. When I started, all I had was tenderness. Hmm, how does that relate to connection? What does that mean? If any of this sounds good to you and you're curious to take part in this laboratory experiment, this, this deepening of tenderness into it, improvisation but there's legs i think outside of improv if this goes really well and improvisers like it i'm going to bring my improv games my authentic relating games to i want to say the general public but other humans who aren't improvisers who think that this would benefit them and their relationships at work and their careers and their romantic relationships outside of improv i think there's definitely got legs anyway have a look at chriskenworthy.co.uk forward slash authentic hyphen improv or Google my name and Authentic Improv and I think it'll probably come up. Or message me on Instagram at Chris Kenworthy or drop me a message chris at chriskenworthy.co.uk I think there's somewhere, something interesting. I think I'd take this to interesting places. We can do some fun stuff with this and um, hopefully make the human experience richer and hopefully have a little bit more time sharing that question of what's it like being you it's a great one isn't it yeah i'm going to leave you with that the invite is here is what's it like being you that's what it's like being me right now sat on a log in the setting friend sunshine above the rolling uh valley i think this is the pimpinated valley the pimpinade la pimpinade valley which is a small stream that runs down at the bottom of the valley i'm looking at overlooking now and these chalky ploughed fields. Right, that's enough for now. Thanks for listening. I love you. Bye.